Well, today we're so glad you're here. We've had a tremendous time at our marriage conference this weekend, and we're thrilled to have uh, Pastors Eddie and Karen Jones with us here from Rolla, Missouri. They they pastor a thriving church up there in Rolla. If you have friends or family in Rolla, make sure you let them know if they're looking for a home church to check them out. And uh, we were talking today, a lot of people coming and going from the first service who had connections in Rolla or used to live in Rolla or have family in Rolla. And so if you have that, make sure you let them know, hey, I know of a good church down there. I'd love to send them to. But we're thrilled today to have them. We've been lifelong friends for a long, long time. Met back in the early 90s when I was in Bible college on a ministry trip in Alabama. And they were there serving as, as youth ministers there. And then they took a job in Missouri as youth pastors about the same time I became a youth pastor. And so our youth groups would go out together and we do mission trips together with the camps together. We were exchanging ideas. We, we preached for one another. We, we preached each other's sermons left and right. And even to this day, we get together. We, we're talking about church stuff. They planned their church about three years before we planted ours. And so we have a lot in common. And uh, God just has always put our hearts together. We're not always able to be together a lot, but when we are, it's like God just really brings our hearts together. And today, there's some of our closest, dearest friends. Can you welcome them into this house today and honor them today? Pastors Eddie, Pastor Karen, we honor you today. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. We are honored to be able to be here. And uh, what a privilege it is for us to be a Destiny Church. you got an amazing church here that God has blessed you with and some amazing pastors and leaders, Pastors Gene and Mel Beebe. And we absolutely love the opportunity to be able to, to be with you. You know, as I was thinking about what, what Pastor Gene was saying a few moments ago, you know, we've had a lot of good times together. We, we still have the opportunity to, to get together with a bunch of pastor friends of ours once a year, the month of September, and, and we play three days of golf and uh, just enjoy each other's company and, and love the opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, Gene and I have rode horses uh, in Monclova, Mexico, when we were uh, in our 20s, rode horses up on a mountain back there, and we just had a lot of good times and love the fact of what God has given us an opportunity to do. Uh, my name is Eddie, my wife's name is Karen, and she is here with me. I'm honored to have my wife with me. We have been married for 31 years and absolutely love what God has done in our life, and our home, and our family, the call of ministry in our lives. And we so enjoyed the opportunity to be able to speak to the marriage conference this weekend uh, down at uh, Rogers, Arkansas, and I and, uh, love getting to meet many of you there at that. And we love the privilege and opportunity God gives us to knit us together with the people in ministry and opportunities to be able to serve God together. And so thankful to be at Destiny Church this weekend. Uh, a little bit about our family. Um, we have one daughter. Her name is Labriska, and she is 29 years old. She lives in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, she is a registered nurse at Cox South Hospital. And uh, God blessed us with her. And two years ago, she got married and uh, married a, a gentleman who had two daughters, Hadley and Kenley. They were four and six years old. We became instant grandparents. And uh, they call us Mammy and Pappy. You can't call us that. But they do. And, uh, man, that's a whole different experience. And then just, uh, just six weeks ago, uh, our daughter had her very first baby. And uh, her name is Nora Leanne. And, uh, so man, there's nothing like your, your baby having a baby. I'm telling you, that's a, it's a whole different world. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but we love the opportunity 
that God gives us to serve in ministry and the family He has blessed us with and the friends that He has blessed us with. And Gene and Mel are, are some of our closest friends. And no matter how long we've been apart, no matter how long it's been since we've seen one another, we come back together, you know, God puts people in your life that you just knit with. Amen? And we love them so much. And we're honored today as well to have a very dear friend of ours who is here. She's a college student right here in Joplin, Missouri. Her name is Shaley Motzkus. And her family goes to our church. Her family was part of our church for many years. Back when, when Shaley was like five years old, they were attending our church. And now she's in college. And I look really old when I just said that. And uh, But I'm so honored to have Shaley. Thank you for coming to hang with us, Shaley. Um, but we're, we're going to dive into the Word of God, and, and I believe that God's got a word for us uh, as a church, um, as believers. Uh, maybe you, you're here today because somebody like drove you crazy and got you to come today, and finally you answered their call, whatever. But we're just glad you're here. And if you're looking for a church home, I'm going to tell you, this is an amazing church. If you don't have a church home, you need to come to this church because it's a great place. And uh, we're going to share the Word of God with you today, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about boats today. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus always hung out around water and boats. And I'm going to talk to you today about we need a bigger boat. We need a bigger boat. You know, Jesus, uh, if you don't know this about the Bible, Jesus' ministry really uh, was center-focused on about a 30-mile radius. He never really went outside that that radius of about 30 miles, and and a lot of his ministry was was based around a sea called the Sea of Galilee. And, and there are cities, different cities located around the Sea of Galilee. And so much of Jesus' travel was done in a boat. And there's all kinds of stories about boats and about Jesus speaking from boats and, and um, different things that he he done from boats. Uh, the disciples were in a boat and they seen Jesus walking on the water, which was the Sea of Galilee. And we're going to talk about boats today. Look at your neighbor and say, we need a bigger boat. We need a bigger boat. So I'm going to tell you the context of what we're talking about today. So if you're a, if you're a church attender, if you like the, you're the person that like goes to church like two or three times a year, if you're the person who's like been a Christian your whole life, if you're the person who wants to do everything like politically correct and you want to get brownie points with God, if you're the person who's like following Jesus with all of your heart, you're passionate about Jesus, wherever you are, I want to help you to know that we need a bigger boat. And I'm going to give you the context of that today. I'm going to read to you from the book of Luke. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm sure many of you maybe have an app on your phone. And uh, it'll be on the screen as well. But Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read a story to you. And I'll be reading from the message version. And um, and as I read this story, I, I want to put in context, as Jesus is here, he's speaking to some men that are around him. And this is what it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, once when he, speaking of Jesus, was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little bit from the shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the word of God. Then he when he finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Simon said, Master, we have been fishing hard all night. We haven't even caught a minnow. But if you say so, look at somebody and say, but if you say so, but if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner than 
Sooner said than done, a huge haul of fish, straining the nets past capacity. So they waved to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. We need a bigger boat. This story is simply about, it's about obedience. This story is about a man named Simon Peter. Maybe you've heard of him before. And he is a fisherman and, and Jesus is telling him to push out into the, the deep water, to, to go out and fish. Simon has an excuse. Simon Peter says, well, Lord, we fished all night. We're, I mean, we're fishermen. You're a preacher. You know, we, we know what fishing is and we've already tried it. But he said, but if you say so, we'll go back out and we'll try again. I want you to know that, that as believers, as followers of Jesus, as church attenders, wherever you list yourself in, <clears throat> in this whole thing of Christianity, we need a bigger boat. But there's two things, two things that are so important we have to learn to do if we are going to hear what Jesus is saying, if we're going to hear the call to what God is saying to the church of Jesus Christ. It's simply these two things, follow and fish. Follow and fish. Not just one, not just follow, but two things, follow and fish. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of following, but also fishing. The importance of what Jesus was saying here uh, as he was making a statement to them. He was trying to help them to understand, hey, I've got a work for you to do. They said, well, we've already tried that. We've already been down that road. We've already fished before. But you see, when Jesus comes on the scene, something miraculous happens. When we're obedient to his word, something happens. So what does it mean to follow? To follow Jesus. To follow Jesus doesn't mean to be at church on Sundays. Follow Jesus is a lifestyle. To follow Jesus simply means this, that you give complete control of your life to Jesus. Not just Sunday control for an hour and a half. Not just, not just the, the part of like, you read your Bible once this week, but I'm talking about complete control. It's when you give Him complete control and you ask for forgiveness. When you accept Him as your personal Savior. You see, a lot of people, uh, have this thing all confused. They think that, well, I'm a good person. But you see, that's not following Jesus. So there's a lot of people that have this mentality, well, you know, I, I know them and, and they're a good old boy. They, I mean, they'll do anything for you. I mean, we know those people, right? They're just, they're just good, moral people. You know, some of us even say they're like a, they're like a, they're like a good Republican, you know? <laughs> Seriously? Really? Like we really think Republicans are going to go to heaven or Democrats are going to go to heaven or Independents are going to go to heaven? Can I just tell you, followers of Jesus is who goes to heaven. It don't matter what, what political party you have. It, and sometimes what happens, we think just good people go to heaven. You know, I've been pastoring for soon to be 15 years at Christian Life Center. As a matter of fact, next Sunday, we're celebrating our 15-year anniversary. And, and in the past 15 years, man, I've heard, heard so many people make this statement at funerals that I've been at or funerals that I've done and make statements like this. Oh, man, he, he was just a good guy. I mean, he, he was a good man. He, he would do anything for anybody. He'd give you the shirt off his back. Man, he had good morals. I mean, he was just a good person in the community. I mean, if you, if you broke down on the side of the road at 3 o'clock in the morning, you could call him and, man, he'd just come help you. Can I tell you today that good people, get this, good people don't go to heaven. 
Followers of Jesus go to heaven. People who have accepted Him as personal Savior. There is no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't just be a good person. You can't just have good morals and go to heaven. You have to accept Him as Savior, which means you become a follower of Jesus. Thus, follow and fish. Follow and fish. I mean, I, I, I think sometimes it, that we, we, we miscommunicate mis- what really needs to happen in people's lives. There has to be a life transformation. But sometimes people think that their works get them to heaven. Let me clarify this for you. You can't do enough, be enough, give enough, or serve enough to get to heaven. There is no way. Nothing you do can get you to heaven. It's only by the grace of Jesus Christ. It's only because of the cross is why we get to heaven. So we have to become followers of Jesus, not just church attenders, not just, well, it's the right thing to do, you know, and if I have time, I kind of, I try to squeeze that into my schedule. You know, I make it a couple of times a month and I do the best I can to get there. No, I'm talking about following Jesus, following in his footsteps. So a follower is someone who completely submits their life. Second of all, follow and fish. Fish means simply this, to share what you have experienced. Think about what you have experienced. Is your experience with God going to church once or twice a month? Is your experience as a Christian as being a good moral person? Is your experience with Christianity like, well, I know it's the right thing to do? Or is your experience that God has completely transformed your life? That God helped you to put down the old life and begin a new life in Christ. I mean, is your experience something that totally transformed everything about you and made you who you are today? You see, once you've had that experience, then fishing is simply easy. You just share what you have experienced. And people want something that is life-changing. People want something that they're looking for. It's a a longing in their heart that can't be filled by by anything else other than a relationship with God. There's people that try to fill it with addictions and they try to fill it with relationships and, and, and they're always looking for things to fill that spot. But I want you to know if you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ, if you want to learn how to fish, it's simply doing this, to share what you have experienced. And to share what you have experienced doesn't mean that you have to wear a a Christian t-shirt that's got Jesus on the front of it. It doesn't mean that you have to, you have to run around town with a bullhorn yelling, I am a Christian. And if you're not one, you're going to hell. By all means, please don't do that. Stop it. Right? We have a parade in our city every year on St. Patrick's Day. And it's centered around uh, Missouri S&T University that's there. There's over 9,000 students that go to school there. And I will tell you, the parade and, and the week of St. Pat's is nothing but a drunk fest. And it drives me absolutely insane when I see these people on the street at the parade with bullhorns. Jesus loves you. I'm going to heaven. If you don't have him in your heart, you're going to hell. Stop! That is not fishing for men. Jesus loved people. And if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to fish for people, just simply love people the way Jesus loved them. 
He loved them right where they were. As a matter of fact, at our church this year, one of the things we did at the parade is we, we had a trailer in the parade, the St. Pat's Parade, the drunk fest I'm talking about. And we had two grills on the trailer. We were cooking hot dogs, giving away hot dogs, and we, we printed beer koozies. Okay, now they're koozies for Coke if you want to drink Coke, okay? But they were koozies. And on the koozie, it says, no perfect people allowed. So we gave them a hot dog, and we gave them a beer koozie that says, no perfect people allowed, and an invitation to come to our Easter experiences. You see, I believe that we are to fish for men, not yell at people what they're doing wrong. Guess what? They already know what they don't need to be doing. They need you to love them. The religious Pharisees were always talking about Jesus accepting people. Jesus associating with people. Well, Jesus was hanging out with those people. Well, you know what? I don't want to be like the Pharisee. My goal is to be what Jesus was. And if we're going to learn to fish for people, we've got to first learn how to follow, second of all, how to fish. And to do that, we have to create an atmosphere to help convince people they need Jesus. What do you think helps convince people? Do you think the bullhorn people convince people? No, they don't. They get mad at those people. I live in Rolla, Missouri, only an hour and a half from Bush Stadium, so I get the opportunity to go to a couple of cards games every once in a while. And, and every time I go to a Cardinals game, after the game, you come out, you got the guy playing the saxophone, and he's got a little tip bucket, and you got the guy playing the guitar, you know, he's got a tip bucket, then you got the bullhorn people. If you don't know Jesus, find him today or you'll go to hell. Jesus loves you. Seriously? I mean, is that creating an atmosphere to convince people they need Jesus? I want to tell you what creates an atmosphere is to do what Jesus did. Jesus continually loved on people. And I've had people say, man, I've already tried. I mean, get what Simon Peter just said. Jesus said, go back out. Go out into the deep water. He said, put your nets down. Simon Peter says, Lord, I've already tried that. Don't you know we fished all night last night? But if you say so, but if you say so, we'll go and do it again. When we realize that God has a purpose, God's got a calling for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, He didn't just call you to follow, but He called you to follow and to fish. Follow and fish. Follow and fish. Not just one, but both. So stop making excuses for not fishing. Don't just be a follower of Jesus, a church attender. So how do we fish for people? I want to tell you this. I believe this with all my heart. The bait for fishing is obedience. Our bait is obedience. What does it mean to be obedient? It just simply means to do what Jesus taught us to do. So many times I think we try to come up with these, these little trickery things. We, we try to think, oh, it's so hard to reach people for Jesus. Oh, Pastor, I just can't invite them. It's so hard. All we got to do is just be obedient. If we'll just be obedient to what Jesus already told us to do, if we'll just obey His Word, you don't have to have a big sign on your back. You don't have to go around announcing that you're a Christian. There's nothing wrong with wearing Christian t-shirts. There's nothing wrong with saying you're a believer. But what I'm saying is people want to wanna believe what people are saying. But what happens, sometimes we say a lot, but we don't live it a lot. Now, I know that's nobody here. I'm talking about the people at our church back in Rolla. That's the ones I'm talking about. And I'm going to tell them they need to listen to this message online. Right? I mean, we, we've got to, we got to learn that, that it's not just what we say, but it's how we live. 
and your obedience, if you will live out what Jesus already told you to do, if you will just love people the way He loved them. I'm talking about like the prostitutes. Do you remember the stories about Jesus and the prostitutes? I mean, you remember the stories of like when everybody else wanted to to throw stones at her because that was the law, right? I mean, if you committed adultery, I mean, if you were a prostitute, I mean, if you did these things, there were laws that was bound and you'd be stoned, you'd be killed, you'd be beheaded, whatever it was. But Jesus always loved on people. I mean, the person that he, he stood and talked to at the well, you know, she was a Samaritan, he was a Jew, they weren't supposed to talk. Two different cultures, two different ethnicities. They, they weren't supposed to communicate. Matter of fact, Jesus started talking to her and she's like, shocked, surprised. Why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You see, Jesus always went above and beyond and he loved on people exactly where they were. And our bait for fishing is simply that obedience. See, when you just obey, you're not responsible for, for the catch. He is. All you're responsible to do is simply fish. If you'll just fish, if you'll just be obedient to what God says, you don't have to worry about how many people are coming to Jesus. All you have to do is just simply fish. And if you'll fish, if you'll just be obedient to God's Word, if you'll pray, as a matter of fact, if you'll just pray for God to open the doors of opportunity, guess what? You don't have to ram through the doors like the police in a drug raid taking over. You just ask God, would you open a door of opportunity today and help me to step through that door? I believe this, if you'll pray every day. God, help me to encounter somebody today who is hurting and broken. And when you encounter that person that's hurting and broken, and they say, man, I just wish I could get through this. You know, you can say something like, Jesus loves you, and if you don't have him, you're going to hell. No. But if you would just say, you know what? I've never been through what you've been through. But the stuff I have been through, here's what helped me. Jesus. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be boisterous. You just have to be obedient. And if you'll be obedient, God will use that. You know, this morning we, we were having some breakfast at the hotel and thank you so much for the beautiful accommodations of the hotel we were in and such a blessing to us. And we were down for breakfast and it was an amazing breakfast and you, you've stayed in the hotel and they have continental breakfast and you know, you go get your breakfast, come sit down and eat. And, but there was a young lady in there who was, who was just buzzing around. She was serving everybody. And this is not a restaurant. Like, we didn't pay for the breakfast that come with the, the room. And, but she was serving everybody. As a matter of fact, I watched her for about 15 minutes, and people would be coming in to get their breakfast. She'd walk up to them while they're in line getting their breakfast. She'd say, hey, what would you like to drink? I'll, I'll get you a drink. And where are you sitting? I'll go set it on your table. She started going around to tables, and she was... Asking, hey, are you finished? She come to our table said, would you like something else? I'd be glad to get it for you. And I, I began to wonder and think about how many times we miss opportunities. Here this person was. She wasn't, I mean, she wasn't there working as a server in a restaurant, but really she was acting just like a server in a restaurant. And I thought about, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder how maybe I could, how I could connect with her so I just decided, I, I was scared. I said, I don't know if anybody leaves tips here. And I got to watching and everybody would just get up and leave and there was no tip. Of course, there was no bill to pay. But I just decided I was going to leave her a pretty good sized tip and just set a glass on the top of it. And I just left. I didn't tell her, hey, Jesus wants to come in your life. 
I just left her a tip. And I, I, I'm not saying that to build me up. What I'm saying is sometimes we miss opportunities that we don't even, we don't even really recognize. You see, she probably recognized about us by what we were doing and what we had with us that we were headed to church. I didn't have to scream and yell that to her. But then I left her a tip. And, you know, sometimes things that we do means more than things that we say. We're not responsible for the catch. He is. What happens sometimes, I think, is, is we, we are not obedient because we're so comfortable doing what we've always done. I would tell you, there's nobody here probably, unless you're a lot older than I am, that's been in church more than I have. I was raised in church. Like I was raised in real church, you know, back in real church days. Like we went to church like five times a week. That's not an exaggeration. Like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. And then you went to all the rallies and youth events and all that stuff too. Yeah. And like church was like three hours long. Every service was like three hours long. You know, I think we get so comfortable. Matter of fact, there are some of you in the room, if you're not careful, you've been in church so long that you get so comfortable that you're not even obedient and don't realize it. You think you're being obedient by coming to church on Sundays and paying your tithe. And I want to tell you, that's part of obedience. But if you're not fishing, I'm not real sure you're following. Let that sink in for a moment. Matter of fact, I, I would just even engage in a conversation that if you're not fishing... You're not following. Because Jesus said, follow after me and I will make you fishers of men. So, I mean, the context of what Jesus said tells me that if I'm not fishing, then I'm not following. Think about what you're doing, what you're saying. Are you being obedient? Some of us are so comfortable with our Christian experience that we're not even really following Jesus so much that we're fishing. I mean, we, we, we want people to know Jesus, but I, I don't want it to interrupt my life. I mean, my kids have soccer. I mean, I, I work two jobs. Well, I'm just so busy, I don't have time to go meet my neighbor. I mean, I don't have time to like bake a dozen cookies or buy, even buy a dozen cookies and go give them to the new neighbor that moved in. I mean, I, I'm just so busy. There's just so much going on. I'm sure Jesus understands because I go to church and I pay my tithe. I beg to differ with you that you cannot be obedient if you're not fishing. You've got to fish to be obedient. We, we want more of Jesus. Just, we come to church. Oh, I love the, I love to come to church. I love the worship. Man, nobody loves to worship more than me. If I could just feel those goosebumps. Oh man, I come to church on Sunday. I feel so good. Oh, just give me more Jesus, more Jesus. I just want to go deeper with Jesus. If I could just go deeper with him, man, I want more of Jesus. Let me tell you, if you want to go deeper with Jesus, then fish for people. Because the deepest you'll ever go in your relationship with God is bringing people to the saving knowledge of the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no deeper. You can't go any deeper. You think when you get to heaven, Jesus is going to walk up to you and say, man, I want you to know I'm so proud of you. You learned the Greek you learned all the Greek words. You studied Hebrew. Man, congratulations to you. He's not going to say that to you. I mean, do you think that, that Jesus, when you get to heaven, is going to make statements like, man, I'm so proud of you. You're so deep. But no, this is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that the influence you have on people, you'll be rewarded in heaven for that. What about when you walk up to Jesus in heaven? 
He says, you see that person over there? I remember when you were sitting beside of them in a cubicle in an office. And I remember when you shared your faith with them about how I had changed your life. And I want you to see, you see they're here in heaven today? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done because you had, you see that person back over there? I remember when, when you was in class with them in high school or in college and, and you lived out your faith in front of them. I know that you didn't think they were listening, but I want you to know they were listening. As a matter of fact, you had influence on him. And you see, he's here today in heaven because of you. You see, what I'm talking about, we'll be rewarded by the people we bring to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The deepest you'll ever go in your walk with God is bringing people to the saving knowledge of the cross of Jesus. There is no deeper experience anywhere. The fact is that some of us don't realize we, we, we think that we're, we're called, we're called not to just fish, but we're called to clean fish. Can I tell you, you're not called to clean fish. You're called to fish. Leave the cleaning up to God. Leave the cleaning up to Him. It's not my responsibility to tell people, hey, you're screwing up. It's my responsibility to tell them, Jesus loves you, I don't care how much you've screwed up. That's my responsibility. My responsibility is to not clean the fish, but it's simply to fish. My responsibility is not to judge people. My responsibility is to love people the way Jesus loves them. And too many of us, we've been in church so long. Not everybody here, but there's some of you in the room that I'm connecting with when I say that. I've been in church a long time too, like my whole life. And I know how easy it is to point a finger at people. Well, this generation, they're just, I mean, they're letting down their morals. They're letting down. What are you doing about it? Are you loving them where they are? Are you just pointing a finger and talking about what they're doing? See, we have to realize that God put us on a mission, a call from Him. He didn't call you to clean them up. He called you to simply fish. Matthew chapter 7, it won't be on the screen, but I want to to read this from the message version. Jesus said this, don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of having a boomerang effect. It's easy to see the smudge on your neighbor's face, but be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. The King James Version says it this way, it's easy to see the splinter that's in your, your brother's eye, but yet you got this massive log sticking out of your own. It's easy to point out the sins of other people. It's easy to say, well, they're not living right, they're not doing right. It's a lot harder to love people where they are. I'll tell you, we've got people in our community, not, not people who are not saved, but I'm talking about religious people who talked about us because we printed beer koozies and handed them out to people at a drunk fest. But I want them to know that Jesus loves them. As a matter of fact, we put on there, no perfect people allowed at our church. Please come on Easter. You see, I want to love people the way Jesus loves them. And too many of us sometimes we, we get so consumed with our own thought process and we, we think that if, if we point fingers, Jesus said to love people right where they are. Quit trying to clean people up. No matter what their reputation is, just love them. Luke chapter 5 and verse 10, the message version says this, Jesus said to Simon, there's nothing to fear from now and you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach. They left them 
nets and all, and followed him. We need a bigger boat. Many followers of Jesus simply follow and never fish. And I question the fact if you're really following, if you're not fishing. You might not know this, but there's a statistic that came out last year that said 53% of people in America are rejecting the church. 53% of people in America are not following Jesus. 53% of people in America are not Christians and have no desire to be Christians. I had the opportunity to, to hear Dr. John Maxwell speak this last year, and he made this statement about the statistic that can come out, and I began thinking about what he was saying as he communicated 53% of people. Did you know this? 53% of people, when, when tragedy comes, when grief comes, when stuff bad happens in their life, they don't think about, oh, I need to call somebody to pray for me. I mean, that's not you. I mean, most of us, we... Something bad happens. I mean, even if you haven't been in church in years, I mean, something bad happens, we just, we're like, we pray ourselves or we call somebody to pray for us. 53% of people, when, when tragedy strikes, when, when their world is crumbling in, they don't go looking for a church and a pastor or Christian people. You know why? Because they're agnostic. They're atheists. Hey, they don't believe in God. Or they believe that there is some big bang theory that there's not really a God anywhere. 53% of people are rejecting the church and we as Christians are sitting in a building like this thinking, oh, I did good. I went to church twice this month. Congratulations to me. I did the good. I'm a good old boy. Did you know this? 53% of people driving down Range Line Road out here, they have no idea that this is a church. And guess what? They don't care. They don't even care that it's a church because they don't believe in God. But most of us never associate with those people. As a matter of fact, most Christian people, here's the people we want to reach. Well, man, they went to church when they was a kid. They went to Sunday school and they, they kind of walked away from God. But, but man, they're coming back to Him. We want to talk to people who have some experience with God. Well, they got hurt in church a long time ago and, and, and they're coming back and they really know that God loves them and they know what it means to serve God. And I'm not downplaying that at all. Those people need Jesus as well. But what I'm telling you, 53% of people, they don't care. As a matter of fact, 53% just say, screw God, I don't even care about God. And we are sitting in the church wondering how come we have empty seats around us and all the while we're not even concerned about the empty seats. Because we're pointing fingers at people, people who are like terrorists. Let me help you to understand the same terrorists that bombed the United States of America in 2001, Jesus died for them just like He died for you. Can I tell you that Jesus loves them just as much as He loves you? You know the deranged gunman that in October gunned down 59 people in Las Vegas, Nevada? Jesus died for that man just like He died for you. And He loved him just as much as He loved you. Can I tell you that, that the kid that gunned down 17 students at Parkland High School in South Florida, Jesus loves him. I want you to know that the same love of Jesus Christ extends to every person. And until we wrap our mind around the fact that Jesus has called us to reach people, He didn't call us to just follow, but He called us to fish. Get this 53%. Let me ask you, 
If 53% of people in America didn't know about Apple computers, what do you think Apple would be doing? They would be marketing, talking about it, spending every dollar they could to make sure the other 53% know about their product. There's not one person in this room who's never heard of an iPhone. Did you know an iPhone only came into existence 10 years ago? Now let that sink in for a moment. But yet 53% of the people that drive by this church, they don't care anything about God. They're rejecting who God is. But yet we're afraid to spend the money to go and reach them. We're afraid to put ourselves in harm's way. Apple don't do anything except make sure you know about their product. There's not a person in this room who don't know about Google. Matter of fact, you use it to find out all the information that you can find about certain things. I mean, think about it for just a moment. Is there anybody in this room never ate a McDonald's hamburger? Did you know McDonald's has not even been in existence 50 years yet? But yes, the King of Kings died 2,000 years ago. And there's 53% of people out those doors that don't care at all about God. And what are you and I doing about that? You see, when you put it in your own context of where you're living... It kind of hits home a little bit. First Corinthians, the Apostle Paul made this statement. First Corinthians chapter 9. He said, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily became a servant to any and to all in order to reach a wide range of people. The religious, the non-religious, the meticulous moralists, the loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. But I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I became just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did it all because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. Can I tell you, the Apostle Paul is making a statement and he said, this is what I'm doing. I'm reaching every person. Think about what he said. I believe this, that if we are going to learn to follow and fish, there's three things that the Apostle Paul says here we've got to do. The first one is this, to add value to people. Let me ask you how you're adding value to people. You know, when I slipped that, that tip on the table this morning, set a glass on it, and everybody else walked out of the room, there's no doubt that that added some value. A very cheap way to add value to some person. How are you serving people? I'm not talking about in your church. You should be serving the people of your church, but that, just forget the church for a moment. How are you serving people outside? How are you adding value to people at your job? How are you adding value to people that you're sitting in the classroom with? How are you adding value to people that live in your neighborhood? I mean, do you even have time to like bake a dozen cookies and take to them? Have you ever thought about when you cut your grass and you're riding the mower around, what if you just whipped over to your neighbor's grass and you just cut their grass just to, just to add value, just to be a blessing to them? See, the problem is that most of us are not taking the time to add value to people. The Apostle Paul said, he said, you've got to earn the right. Paul says, I voluntarily became a servant to any and to all to reach a wide range of people. A lot of us are trying to share our faith with people. We have no relationship with them. We have no relationship because they don't respect you. You know why they don't respect you? 
Sometimes people don't respect us because we go in restaurants on Sunday like you're going to go to lunch today. And we'll get a $50 meal at a restaurant you're supposed to tip and we'll leave $2. That's not a tip. That's an insult. I'll tell you, I've got family members that are in the service industry. And you know when servers hate the worst to work? Any other time of the week. You want me to tell you? 11 to 2 on Sundays. Because Christians tip the least. You see, I'm talking about adding value to people. I'm talking about helping people. Not in the church. Let's get outside the church. Outside the walls. The 53% who saying, screw God, I don't even care about God. What are you doing to add value to those people? The Apostle Paul said, I become a servant to every person I can so I can reach a wide range of people. The religious and non-religious. Those meticulous, moralists. Those that have no morals at all. He said, I'm going to add value to them. You see, I, I, I wonder if sometimes we think that we get so consumed with our own stuff, we forget that God calls us to add value. God doesn't change people to accept them. God accepts people to change them. God doesn't change people so He can't accept them. God accepts them and then He changes them. Just like Jesus didn't call you to clean fish, He just called you to fish. First of all, we have to add value. Second of all, we got to do this. we got to include everyone. Think about everyone. Who is everyone? The Apostle Paul said the religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, the loose living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever it is. For a moment with me, probably most of you in the room would know this scripture, John 3, verse 16. It says, For God so loved Eddie Jones. Put your own name in the, in the blank. For God so loved the young man who killed 17 people in South Florida. For God so loved the terrorist who's preparing a terrorist attack in our world right now today that we don't even know is going to happen yet. For God so loved them. You see, He sent His Son for every single person. No matter how bad you think they are, no matter how much you think they've messed up, I want to tell you, Jesus loves them just as much as He loves you. He's no respecter of person. And until we include everyone, Jesus values people. If you want to be like Jesus, then love like Jesus loves. When you have a greater desire to connect with lost people than you do to correct lost people, then you'll start being like Jesus. My responsibility and our church's responsibility as we served at that parade a few weeks ago, it wasn't my responsibility to go down the Parade and tell them how bad they are and all that they're doing is wrong. It's my responsibility to love them. So we gave them a beer koozie that says no perfect people allowed at our church. Please come. You see, when you, when you really realize what our call is to follow and fish, not just follow, but to fish also. Follow and fish, follow and fish. Are you doing that? First of all, we've got to add value to people. Number two, we've got to include everyone. Last of all is this. As I wrap up today, i got to know who I am in Christ. I have to know who I am in Him. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I, I didn't go and become like them to be like them. He said, he said, I went to reach them. He said, I went to be an influence on them. I want you to know that, that you don't have to become like they are 
to reach them. But you become a servant of all people. The Apostle Paul said, so I can reach people. You see, it's a sin problem, not just a country with a degrading standards problem. Some of us look at America and we're like, man, America's just going down the tubes. It's just America. No, we don't, we don't have a degrading moral issue. We've got a sin problem. And sadly enough, what we don't realize is that we're part of the sin problem. Sometimes as believers, as church attenders, as what we call followers of Jesus, we become part of the sin problem when we don't love the way Jesus loved. When we point fingers, when we call people out for what they've done, Jesus called me to love them. And if the love of Jesus can't change them, guess what? You never will. You will never change them. But when you give them the love of Jesus, when you pour your love, His love through your life on them, you just begin to love them where they are. I tell you, that's the most powerful thing you'll ever do. But you've got to know who you are in Christ. Here's what I know. When I walk into a place, a room, an event, and it's a drunk fest going on, when Jesus sat down with Matthew to have dinner, Matthew chapter 9, and it says he walked into Matthew's house and there's a bunch of IRS people there and a bunch of a bunch of disreputable sinners. But I didn't say IRS, but it did say tax collectors. It said when he went in, he sat down. He said the religious people standing outside said, why is your teacher sitting with such horrible people? Jesus made the statement thereafter in Matthew chapter 9. He said this, he said, perfect people don't need a Savior, but hurting people do. Can I tell you our world is hurting? 53% of the people that's drove by since you've been sitting in here for an hour, they don't care anything about God. 53% of the people in your classroom at your university or high school, they don't care about God. 53% of the people who is in your neighborhood. They don't care anything about God. 53% of the people that work in your company, they're basically rejecting God. I'm going to ask you, what are you doing about that? Because it's a real problem. Today, as I conclude, I, I want to believe that there are people in this room who are going to accept what God's calling them to do. The call to be able to reach people who are hurting and broken to create an atmosphere in your job, to create an atmosphere in your circle of friends on the golf course, to create an atmosphere in your high school or in your college, to create an atmosphere to convince the unconvinced that they need Jesus. I don't believe that we have a hardened sinner problem. I believe that we've got a, an uncommitted Christian problem. The book of Luke says the harvest is ready. The workers are few. Today, I want to pray with you. And as I do, I want to ask Pastor Gene to join me in just a moment. But I'm going to, I'm going to pray. And here's what I'm going to pray for you. If you're in this room today and you're like, man, I, I've gone to church a few times. I, You know, I go when I have time. But maybe you've never really committed to following Jesus. And I tell you today, He loves you. Some of you might have even thought when I walked in the room today, you might have said, man, the, the, the roof would cave in if I go in church. 
Some of you walked in with your head down. Maybe you were ashamed. Maybe you came today because somebody invited you and you don't even know Jesus. I want to tell you, He loves you. And this church loves you. He loves you. I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care how much you've messed up. I don't care what your reputation is. I don't care how long you've been in prison. I don't care how addicted you've been to anything. Jesus loves you today. And I want you to know He loves you as much as He loves any other person in this entire world. He loves you. And today, if you will accept Him into your heart, He'll forgive you of your sins. Today, if you're in this room and you've been going to church a long time, but you say, Pastor Eddie, I've... I failed to really fish. I, I've been following, but I haven't been fishing. I want to tell you today is your day for God to, to embark upon you an adventure and a calling. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to stand with me, and I'm going to pray a prayer. If you would stand with me and bow your hearts before God as Pastor Gene joins me. And I'm going to pray a prayer over you this morning. First of all, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, what I pray, I'm going to pray with you. I can't pray just for you, but I'm going to pray with you as you make that your prayer. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've been following a long time, but I haven't been fishing. I'm going to pray with you as well. Would you bow your hearts with me? Father, I want to thank you for the power of your word, the word of God that brings hope and life to people, the power of God that brings strength to people. Father, I just feel in my heart, in my spirit this morning, there are people in this room who have not accepted You as personal Savior. Lord, there may be some people under the sound of my voice who have gone to church a few times. They've made a commitment to like go to church, but they've never really made a commitment to follow. Lord, today I pray that they would say this prayer along with me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry that I have not followed You. I'm sorry that I thought that I could do things and give things that would help me to get to heaven but today I realize I can't do enough be enough give enough or serve enough to get to heaven it's only because of your grace so Jesus I ask today that you'll forgive me of my sin forgive me of the mistakes in my life I ask that you'll forgive me of the reputation forgive me of the addiction forgive me of of all the screw-ups in my life and the sin that's been in my life I ask you to accept me as your child because today I receive you as my savior I make that my prayer today. Now, Father, for those in this room who are followers, those who are churchgoers, those who have have been a Christian a long time, Lord, I pray that in this moment, in this day, God, that we would realize we are called by You for a purpose. Not just to follow, but to fish. God, help us to reach that 53% that is hurting and broken, that don't even know Jesus loves them. God, I pray it be a burden on our heart burden in our spirit to share our faith with them. Father, we thank you for it and we proclaim it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Pastor Eddie, uh, I said this in the first service and I want to repeat it here again that uh, the Holy Spirit knows what He's saying and what He's doing. When He asked me, He said, is there anything I can preach on uh, this Sunday morning? I said, just just whatever the Holy Spirit lays in your heart. I said, I just finished up a series called Hacksaw Ridge and so He had no idea what what that would mean that last week I would have preached a sermon on each one to reach one and the series before that talking about the open chair and the reason why I say it's important is I, I want to make sure that Destiny Church that we hear what the Holy Spirit's really saying to us during this season that he's calling us to be fishers of men that he's calling us to care about the person who's not here to reach people this is 
We're not called just to reach people from other churches. That is not our target audience. Our target audience is reaching people who don't go to church anywhere, and many of them don't even believe in God, and believe that God even cares about them. That's who we're targeting, and that's who we're praying that God would change us, that we would see beyond our own self, we would see beyond our own hurt, and begin to see a world that is lost and needs Jesus, and we want to bring them in. We want to bring them into a spiritual hospital, right? We want to bring them into a spiritual hospital where they can be healed. We want to bring them into the open chair where they can move to the place where they say, yes, I, I believe I received Jesus for myself. And so thank you for sharing that word today. And we say, yes, we're going to receive that word. We hear the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, in just a second, we're going to take up an offering. This is a special offering for Pastor Eddie and Karen. They have a tremendous church there in Rolla. And uh, I'll tell you, they're really, really busy people. And it's, a, it's, it's not easy to break away and to come down to an event like this. And so we really appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule to come and pour into us this weekend. We, we want to pour back into them. They, they ministered Friday night, Saturday, and today. And so we want to bless them. And so I want you to help me bless them. We want to honor them. Not just be a blessing to them, but honor them through our love gift today. And so I want you just to pray about it in your heart right now. God, what can I do to be a blessing to them? We're going to give an offering to them. What is that, Father? If you want to give through your phone, you can do that as well. They'll have the number behind me here on the screen. You can text that. There'll be a special tab. It's a special speaker. You can push that tab and give through your phone. If you didn't bring some cash or a check with you and you want to give as well. Uh, but we're going to pass the buckets and all 100% of this offering is going to go to their ministry and just to bless them. We want to bless them today. Help us bless them. Come on, let's treat them right. You know we believe in treating our guests right here. So help me do that. Let's bless the Lord this morning as we sing and close out. For now my soul sings Your love it knows no end Your love it knows no churches are not afraid to go into the deep waters and rescue people. So today, man, we should say deep churches aren't afraid to go into deep waters and catch more fish. How many think that's a good thing? Yes? Amen. Let's lift our hands one more time. I want to pray for you before we leave. Father, we receive this word. We receive this word spoken to us as a challenge today, God. May we have our eyes focused upon fish. May we reach out to people who are hurting, who need a friend, who need someone just to, to care for them, who just needs someone to show them attention, who just needs someone to say, man, I care, can I help you? Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the fish around us, Lord, that we can bring into the harvest, Lord. We can bring them back into the kingdom. God, I pray to Father, you give us a heart, the fish, 
that goes beyond. We see past ourselves, and we see a world who needs Jesus. We say yes at Destiny Church. We want to be used, God, to reach the harvest. We say yes, God, we want to reach more fish. God, we don't, we don't care about what religious people will say. We will break beyond the barriers, Lord, and we'll reach people. If you agree with that prayer today, put your hands together. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Before you leave today, let me tell you one thing. We love you very, very much. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless you, and have a great day.